In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. So this week in the Hebrew Scriptures, we encounter Solomon, a king who has been very successful and one that we remember and often think of as one in all his glory. Solomon goes to the principal high place to be in the presence of God, and God appeared to him in a dream, saying, Ask what I should give you. Solomon responds, Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, able to discern between good and evil. For who can govern this great people, this your great people? Of all the things that Solomon could have asked for, he seeks an understanding mind and the ability to discern between good and evil. Solomon's answer delighted God, and in the dream, God gave him not only what Solomon asked for, but also riches and honor all his life. The wisdom to discern between good and evil would surely be a blessing in our time. And I believe wisdom is indeed a precious gift. I often listen to the Today Show while I'm eating breakfast and amid the challenging news early in the week. This week was a story about an interesting concept called the human library. Anybody hear that? Ah, great. I hope you were as fascinated with it as I am. It was founded in Denmark some 20 years ago, 20 plus years ago, by a man named Ronnie Abergell. The clip on the Today Show prompted me to read further about this concept, which showed one person with on a t-shirt on the back said, I am a book. And with the implied invitation to come and unjudge, not judge, but unjudge. Turning fear into friendship is one of the key hopes of the human library. People check out a book. You can't take the book home, and you have to return the book exactly as in the condition that you received it. The uniqueness about this library is that the books are human beings. The human library is, in the true sense of the word, a library of people. Human library hosts events where readers can borrow human beings serving as open books and having a conversation they would not normally have access to. Every human book from a bookshelf represents a group in our society that is often subjected to prejudice, stigmatization, or discrimination because of their lifestyle, diagnosis, belief, disability, social status, ethnic origin, and the list goes on. New York now joins a list of cities across the U.S. to host a local human library book depot. San Francisco, L.A., Chicago, Muncie, and Fort Wayne are others, and there's, there's even been one held at the University of Virginia. It's not an easy task to build a book collection from scratch and to establish a strong group of librarians that can help publish these books to readers. New York's new book collection is based in Brooklyn and spearheaded by a librarian and Book Depot manager, Leslie Lucas Gallagher, who says New York is such a big place, but it's really a patchwork of neighbors, neighborhoods and personal networks. 
It's been a wonderful challenge for me and for our librarians to tap into those networks and find our friends or friends of friends who not only have a challenging aspect of their lives, but are also willing to talk about it. The Human Library founder, Ronnie Abergel, is excited about the potential for impact in New York and says something similar, New York and especially Brooklyn is one of the most diverse places on the earth. So it's wonderful for us to finally be able to help build understanding across many communities living there. With the resources now in place, we will be more available to local libraries and schools and colleges and universities and festivals and workplaces. Due to the pandemic, the first New York meeting with readers was online. Among the titles expected to be available are human books on unseen disability, homeschooler, mother of a transgender daughter, intersectional blackness, refugee, mother of a son with Down syndrome, transracial adoptee, PTSD, non-binary, gay, lonely, Buddhist, Muslim, activist, police officer, formerly incarcerated. And think about those categories of people would you normally have a conversation in, in your life with people in those categories. So you sit with someone called a book for 30 minutes, and there's no such thing as a stupid question. You have a conversation with someone very different from yourself about a topic that is difficult or frightening or one that may seem unspeakable. Hopefully you walk away better informed, less fearful, less prejudiced, and perhaps having found a new friend. I believe this is a uniquely modern way of gaining wisdom, wisdom that opens our eyes to the wideness of God's creation and authenticity of humans that are different from us and humans who are willing to share themselves with the reader. It's wisdom that paves the way for us to break down walls rather than to build them up within ourselves. So think about it. Who would you like to sit with for 30 minutes to learn from if you were to go to the human library? I find this concept fascinating as it brings to new life the power of sharing stories. What would it be like if we looked for Jesus in the midst of a conversation with a human book? Would we be reminded of the words we just heard of Jesus? I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Who eats of this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. We know from John's gospel that Jesus embodied the eternal wisdom of God and the word of God. We just heard Psalm 111 sung beautifully. In the last verse of that, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Those who act accordingly have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. So there's a thread of wisdom all through our lessons this morning. The only thing Solomon wanted from God was an understanding mind and the ability to discern between good and evil. In essence, 
Solomon said, God, give your servant wisdom. Throughout time, scholars and theologians and religious folks have written about wisdom and practical ways to seek wisdom. Ignatius of Loyola, who founded the Jesuits, was one who particularly was gifted in helping others discern a new way of life. He wrote Spiritual Exercises, a manual focused on spiritual formation for his followers. You may be familiar with it. The exercises centered around a series of guided meditations on such themes as the creation of the world, the life and ministry of Jesus and the death and resurrection designed to be completed in the course of a 30-day retreat. Based on the experience of his own conversion, the exercises were designed to facilitate discernment. Today, people still make a 30-day retreat using and following Loyola's spiritual exercises as a practical path for revealing God's way and God's wisdom. So God opens doors for us to seek wisdom in our time, whether it was stories of Holy Scripture, the dream of Solomon, the life of Jesus, the stories from the human library, the silent times of retreat. There's an ancient Abyssinian chronicle that tells the story of the meeting between the Queen of Sheba and Solomon. The Queen of Sheba had traveled to Israel to test the wisdom of Solomon. And these are the words attributed to her after she herself became a believer. Wisdom is sweeter than honey, brings more joy than wine, illumines more than the sun, is more precious than jewels. She causes the ears to hear and the heart to comprehend. I love her like a mother, and she embraces me as her own child. I will follow her footprints, and she will not cast me away. <laughs>